0: said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough from smalltownhomestead.com, and I'm glad you're joining us today. Um, our main topic of the show today is weeds I let grow in my garden, and uh, but before we get into that, um, I'll just give you a few updates on things. As you've noticed, if you're a regular listener to the show, uh, it's been a while since I done one. It's been about six or seven months since I last recorded, and you know we were uh, twenty episodes into a thirty episode series of. Um, reaching out to other bloggers, and I'll just go ahead and tell you what happened there. I had a few people back out, and it wasn't all their fault that they had to back out. Some of them just didn't do it, but some of them had really good reasons for not being able to do it, and uh, I couldn't get anybody else to cover them, and I didn't want to bring uh, the last 10 episodes in that series to you. Got a little discouraged, and, um, you know, I just took some time off, then got sidetracked, and you know, you get out of the habit of doing something, and it's, uh, it's hard to get back into it sometimes. But uh, my goal is to kind of get past that and jump back into the podcast and uh, not pick up where I left off. We're just not going to do those last 10 on that series. Instead, we're just going to go in a new direction here and uh, just pick topics and uh, have a show about them. So, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about weeds I let grow in my garden. But uh, first, let's uh, talk about a few of the homestead updates around here. Um, man, the garden's doing great. I mean, it, it's just been a great year for the garden so far. Um, couple failures, but for the most part, things are looking real good. As you heard in a earlier podcast, I had uh, moved my rabbits out of the rabbit pen and actually got rid of, uh, gave them to a friend for until I get back into it again. And I was going to put quail in that rabbit pen for a while. And uh, that didn't happen. Uh, instead, I kind of just, let it go and kind of forgot about it. It's a pretty good size pen. It's uh, maybe 20, 24 feet long by 10, 12 feet wide, something like that. It's a pretty good size pen. Well, last year I had, uh, you know, I tossed some scraps from time to time, and I threw some sunflower um seeds in there to them. And I, around Halloween, I had some old pumpkins, you know, that we had setting out for decoration and I busted those up and threw them to the rabbits and they were chomping on those. And I just didn't think much of it. Well, I I hadn't planned on putting anything in there really, but, uh, wow, it's probably one of the best parts of my garden now. I mean, it's uh, loaded with sunflowers and pumpkins. It's unbelievable. I, it's, I've never seen these things grow this good before. the Imagine the the rabbit manure in the bottom of the pen has helped, but the rabbits did a really good job of scattering everything. It's all over the place. This entire pen is is one big pumpkin patch and sunflower field, and um, the, the sunflower are kind of just scattered throughout, and they're growing up in the middle of the pumpkin, and they're already probably seven feet tall. And, you know, uh, they're, they're just doing great, those big mammoth sunflowers. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe how great that's doing. And I just left it alone. I haven't done anything to it. I don't water it. I don't even really go in there and pay attention to it. And I won't until around harvest time. So I thought that was a surprise garden in some some way, you know, that I, I wanted to share with you. It's, um, it's really neat that nature just finds a way and it it just happens. And we don't have to uh, do a whole lot. We, we give ourselves more credit for our gardens sometimes than, than what we need to. Um, Nature finds a way and if there's seeds on the ground, they're going to grow. And um, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you. Uh, The planter boxes, uh, the ones I built out of pallets, you've probably seen those before. Those are doing great. And uh, so i have different things in in those i have some tomatoes and carrots and um now the lettuce i've already picked it it got hot around here so it started wilting and stuff so i went through the lettuce pretty early in the season i'll plant a fall a fall crop of that as well later so right now i put some uh bush beans in that bed um so that's been uh planted again and i got some cantaloupe in one i have um well, oh, let's just see. I got a lot of root vegetables like turnips and radishes that have been doing real well, beets. Uh The peppers are unbelievable. I've got uh, uh bell peppers, uh, jalapeno, and banana peppers. The banana peppers have been just amazing. I I can't even get over how many banana peppers I've had. And then the bell peppers are, are doing really well too. I think I've only eaten one of those because they've been a little slow growing, but there's just tons of them so we're gonna have a lot of bell peppers as well the jalapenos they don't put off as many but yeah they've been they've been pretty good um, so those have been doing really well uh, I had uh, went all the way up along the south side of my house this year and I'd put a walkway in um, around my like a gravel walkway around my house and I had about a five foot area between the walkway and the house Well I went ahead and just tilled that up put down cardboard, let it set for a few months like that over the winter. And I, you know, composted and put some fresh soil on it and, uh, planted that this year. And it's made the whole south side edge of my house, a garden. And that's just doing great for a first year planting. It's just doing great. Uh, I, I have all kinds of stuff through there. I have kale and eggplant and broccoli and cauliflower and and um, I have a few melons growing there, too, and some squash, and it's just doing great. I even put a, a a big boy tomato plant down at the end of it, kind of c- climb up a trellis. It's looking really good. Um, yeah, that's all just working out great. I planted a, um, a cherry tree down at one end of that walkway as well, and I'd put some beans around that, and there's a, a blueberry plant down there, and then along that walkway, I have some long Um, garden boxes that i have that i filled with dirt and and just they're they're sitting along the on top of the sidewalk along the edge of it and just growing some small stuff in there leafy vegetables and and such and um, i'll tell you about a garden failure i've had this year and that is i made a big mistake right off the bat Uh, i think sometimes maybe a uh, somebody who's been gardening for a while just a I don't know, you, you just get so comfortable with it and knowing what the plants look like and, and uh, you know, just, just gardening in general that you kind of overlook look the simple things. And one mistake I made this year was I didn't put out garden markers and there's been several plants that I... I've just now been able to identify what they were because I couldn't remember what I planted there, and uh, it's been a long time coming. I actually still have a couple though. I, I I'm not real sure. I think I know, but I'm not completely sure yet. So I'm just kind of waiting to see what they turn into. Uh, that's been exciting. It's been a surprise. All that being said, I guess what you want to do is make sure you have some garden markers put down in your garden so you know what you planted. It does make things a little bit easier, but it's been. Kind of fun, and get a little surprise. What was that? I don't know. Try to figure it out. Uh, kills the boredom a little bit in the garden, I guess. Um, planted a couple trees. I told you about the cherry tree. Uh, I planted it up there. I also planted a, an apple tree in the backyard. That's doing real well. It's it's um, only about uh, six, seven feet tall, and it has a few apples on it already, and they're almost red. So I think it's i actually popped a couple off because the limbs were so uh skinny it was weighting it down pretty bad so i took a couple of the apples off of it just uh i didn't want to stress the limbs at all so uh, yeah it's doing real well though um yeah the garden's doing great so that's where we're at with that of course we've been uh already uh, uh canning some things uh that have been coming in i i uh um, pickled a few things and uh cucumbers and peppers and of course uh been eating a lot of the greens and, and such. Um, we have yet to get a red tomato around here, though. Uh, so I'm still waiting on that. I've been uh, putting down the compost tea pretty heavy uh, around uh, tomato plants and stuff. And there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tomatoes out there, but we yet to have a red one. So I'm still waiting on that. Even the cherry tomatoes. I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, usually we have some cherry, red cherry tomatoes pretty early in the season, but. They're taking their time this year, and it's been a fluctuation of weather, really hot and even getting really cool in some evenings, so I don't know if that's had an effect on it, but they're looking good. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, I had some blight, early blight setting in, and um, I went and removed those leaves, and I made up a, a nice little mixture of a, of a cornmeal-slash-garlic uh, juice. Um, sprayed the foliage, um, sprayed around the plant a couple weeks ago, and it's done the trick. It's looking really good. So uh, it it definitely got rid of that blight. And um, I actually have that recipe. It's not my recipe. I'd actually got it from um, uh, Howard Garrett, the dirt doctor, uh, talks about it on his show. And uh, I'd uh, got that recipe and tried it and worked great. It seemed to get rid of the early blight. And, um, it strengthened my tomato plant. The leaves before that were even looking a little bit dry and a little curled and boy, it just really greened up the foliage and, and, uh, they look like really healthy plants now. So the tomato plants are doing really, really well. Um, okay, well, let's just get on with the main topic of the show here. And uh, I want to talk about four weeds that I let grow in my garden. And I'll talk a little bit about why I let them grow, in moderation. I mean, I don't let every weed grow or every one of these things grow, but uh, that pop up, but I do let some of it grow in my garden. And first I want to talk about uh, the dandelion. Why do I let dandelion grow in my garden? Well, because I like the taste of dandelion leaves and also uh, the flowers can be fried uh, and eaten in other ways as well. And the roots uh, are a great coffee substitute and i tried that this year for the first time and it's pretty good so you know i'm using the whole plant so it's just like part of my garden when when i have dandelions pop up i let them i let them go also it's a it's a nutrient nutrient accumulator and um you know, so you can take those plants and, and pull the leaves and pull the flowers and just kind of lay them around your garden. And as they decompose, those nutrients will go back into the ground as a fertilizer. Uh, you can use them in a, in a compost tea or anything like that or throw them in your compost. So it's like got a lot, it has a lot of nutrients. Um, pollinators love them. Uh, the bees around here, I mean, they love the dandelions. And I walk around the yard and if I see any dandelions with flowers on them, I mean, there's always bees on them. So I try to leave a few of those and I don't let them go crazy. And there are some I'll pull depending on where they, where they're at. If they're too close to the plant or, you know, but if they're more out in the middle in the rows or something, I usually let them go. Um, so yeah, dandelion one that I would keep in moderation in my garden. Another that pops up quite often in my garden is a plantain. Again, it's a, it's a nutrient accumulator. Um, it doesn't have the as deep of a taproot, I don't think as, well, no, the roots don't even, to me, it don't even look like a taproot. It's more of a, uh, the root looks more like fingers just kind of going in different directions when I've pulled them up, uh, where the dandelion's a lot deeper and a lot more of a tap root. Uh, but they still, they bring up some nutrients out of the, out of the soil and it tastes great. And also rabbits love it. As a matter of fact, around here, we call it rabbit lettuce because rabbits love the stuff. So if you have rabbits, uh, it's a great thing to grow just for them. They love that broadleaf uh, plantain. Uh, also, it has medicinal uh, qualities. Um, we put it on bug bites. I'll I'll take it and, and with a pistol and mash it and um, use the use the juice and stuff and put it on a bug bite or a mosquito bite or a bee sting or something like that. And it works great. I mean, it it will take the itch out of it. It'll take the sting out of it helps with the pain. So it's got some great medicinal uh, properties as well. So I like I like using plantain and I like to keep a little bit of it around. I, actually I have tons of it growing in my yard anyway. I, I wouldn't really have to let it grow in the garden, but depending on where it's at if it pops up, I might just leave it alone. Uh, I have some growing over here on the the garden I put on the south side of my house and I'm just leaving it alone. It's doing fine. Um and I'll at some point, you know, if it starts getting too big or getting too much of it, I'll just pull it out and chop it up a bit and drop it back in the garden and, uh, and let it go. And, and it'll let those nutrients get back in the soil. Um, okay. Another one is lamb's quarters. Now lamb's quarters is great. Uh, it's just the edible, uh, are fantastic in a salad or you can cook them i I just i love it it's it's got a great taste to it again it's it has a bit of a taproot so it's a a nutrient accumulator and uh, it gets pretty tall too now you do want to be careful about letting it go to seed because it can drop a lot of seeds and it can it can kind of take over so i would pull it before it got to that point and just just tear it up and let it drop it chop it up and drop it back in the garden or you can just keep the top chopped off of it so it don't go to seed. Um, and then you just eat the leaves as they come up. Uh really, really good plant in the garden. And it doesn't take up a lot of space. It gets tall, it ain't real wide, but it will it could shade out other plants if they were right uh, say north of it or something, but it isn't a real thick foliage. It's not um it just doesn't seem to be a real uh, garden damaging plants. So I don't mind having a few here and there. And I honestly, I don't get a lot of them. I get sporadically scattered around the garden here and there. I'll have one pop up. So I, I actually enjoy it when I get a plant of that. Um, one of my absolute favorites, and I just wrote a blog post about it a few days ago is purslane. Now purslane, uh, has a lot of benefits to me because it's probably my favorite to eat. I mean, the leaves of purslane to me are you know better than spinach or lettuce or even kale to me. I, I they just have a, they have a, almost like a buttery taste to them. Uh, I love the taste of I them and they, they're, they're thick. The leaves are kind of thick and moist and I just love the taste of them. So it's, it's one of them plants that it's one of my favorites to eat. I, I almost can't get enough of it. I always, when I make a salad, uh, pick a few purslane leaves and just kind of drop them around. Now, the leaves are small, um, but very, very tasty. One of Another reason, though, I like to eat it is because it's one of the only plants, and even out of the plants that do have it, it has the most omega-3 fatty acids. Um, so, it's very healthy. It has... Uh, some different uh, real potent antioxidants in it as well, um, so it's real healthy to eat. It's just such a great vitamin-rich uh, vegetable. Uh, you know, we I, we say weed, and I always put that in quotation marks because it's hard for me to think of any edible plant as a weed. It, it just, or even invasive, because it's like well, all invasive uh, weed means is uh, lots of food, right? I mean. If it's inedible, then how can it be invasive, really? I mean, can you ever have too much food? I don't know. But it has a lot of nutri- nutritional value, so it's just something to consider. matter of fact, it has so much nutritional value that that many places people consider it a medicinal plant, and they use it topically as well as, as taking it internally, so that's uh, something to consider. Um, I like to use it in this way also. I like to use it as a ground cover because it's a low creeping plant that grows really quick, it makes a fabulous ground cover. I use it around my peppers. It it started coming up around my peppers this year and it completely covered the ground around my peppers. And now I do I do manage it. You have to manage it because it will take over. It it does have that invasive quality to it. Um it will it could possibly smother out plants. Now pepper plants are pretty tall. It have a hard time smothering those out. But I do, anyway, keep it cut low and keep it cut back from my pepper plants a little bit. But I do let it completely cover the ground in that bed, and it's worked great. It helps keep the the ground moist, and it chokes out other weeds, and uh, just does a great job as a ground cover. So I I would recommend using it in that way. If it starts coming up, just manage it a little bit and uh, keep it cut back. Now, also... All of these plants, but especially this one, has another good quality, and that's as compost. Uh, Because uh, this plant grows so fast, you just get a massive amount of organic material for a compost bin. Don't think the roots are quite as deep, so they're probably not going to have, it's probably not going to be quite the the nutrient accumulator as some of these other plants, but you to have lots of it. If you just need a lot of organic material to throw in your com- compost bin, works great for that. I mean, I get big piles of it. When I go in there and I'll trim it down and cut it low, I, I literally can you know fill a large garbage bag with this stuff if if I wasn't putting it in a compost bin. But I take it straight to the compost bin and compost it, and it, it, it actually decays pretty quick as well. So um, it's just a great product for that as well or a great weed for that as well so definitely something you should consider leaving in your garden at least in moderation so there it is there you have it four weeds that I benefit from in my garden and I pretty much leave them alone except for a little bit of management here and there but uh, very little I, I like having them around and I don't even like calling them weeds to be honest with you so if you can think of another, uh, leave a, leave a comment in the show notes at smalltownhomestead.com. Uh, and I'd love to hear about a weed that you like, uh, in your garden that you don't mind seeing pop up, or if you have some suggestions about these weeds or some advice about, uh, about weeds that grow in your garden, uh, let us know. Um, I think there are things that are invasive that I don't want in my garden and, and I work hard to keep them out of there, but these are some weeds that, uh, Yeah, I don't really mind. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Got to get back in the swing of things a little bit here. I feel a little bit out of my element after not doing a podcast in so long. So hopefully we'll be coming back at you weekly with some topics. And um, and until then, uh, happy homesteading. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There, you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.